Hello friends, welcome to the very first episode of The Footy Pod. I'm your host, Sean Afkamenia, and I'm very excited to embark on this new journey with you. This is something that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time because I feel that I have a lot of thoughts and ideas that I'd like to share and also insights and information that I want to continue to learn. And I felt that this would be the best platform for me to be able to express that and and share with the world. I've been a guest on many podcasts in the past, but I've never actually hosted one myself. And so this is brand new territory for me, and I'm definitely going out on a limb. Uh, But I also know that by doing this, I will inevitably become the best version of myself and maximize my own personal and professional potential. When I start something, I do not stop. So be prepared for many more episodes to come. I'm extremely grateful for all of you who have tuned in. I know you have your own life to live and your time is extremely important as time is the one thing in this life that we will never get back. So with this show, I just hope to add a little bit of value to it. I want to be of service to you and the people you surround yourself with on a daily basis. And that is the main motivation for this show. This show is something that I've had in the back of my mind for quite some time and I've just continuously talked myself out of getting started, mainly just for fear of criticism, which is very real and is something that I think all of us deal with on a daily basis. And as you listen to my story, I think you'll see that this need for acceptance is a feeling that has shaped pretty much my entire life. I'm someone who puts themselves out there more than most, and with that, of course, comes a lot of love, but also a lot of hate. And what I've come to realize, however, is that both will offer opportunities for growth, and that's really what this life is all about. There's a quote from Aristotle that says, There is only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. And I'll tell you what. If there's one thing I'm not going to be, it's nothing. (laughs) See, I came from that, and I've just always had a burning desire to make something of myself. So I know I'll be criticized no matter what I do, and I've stopped worrying about other people's opinions entirely because of it. All I can do is my best, and then just continue trying to make my best even better. So, you know, if I'm happy with the quality of my work, then nothing else really matters. And what other people think about me is really just a reflection of their own perceptions. So, before we dive deep into my story, I'd like to ask you just for a quick favor. If you're still listening to this point, hopefully that means you somewhat like what you hear. So, please be sure to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Leave us a five-star review, share with the people closest to you, and, and just help us spread the word and... And, and get this podcast out to a bigger audience. Thank you again for your support. It really means more to us than you'll ever know. So with all that said, what can you expect from this show? Well, obviously, I have a business. It's called Footy Factory. Footy Factory is a soccer club that I've started here in Dallas, Texas. We've been in business for about six years. So Of course, we're going to dive deep into some of the insights of Footy Factory's daily operations, but let me be very clear about the fact that this show is not about Footy Factory by any means. What we can summarize this show as being is a show that focuses on success principles. Uh, 
And so what I'll be doing is I'm going to interview coaches and players from around the, the DFW area, from around the country, from around the world to share their story, to hopefully provide inspiration for you to achieve your own level of personal greatness. And of course, you know, I am a huge footy fanatic and love just talking about the game at any level. So we'll also discuss hot topics around the world of football at the professional college club and even the grassroots level as well. Um, Why did I start this show? Well, like I said before, I am someone who just wants to be the best that I can possibly be. So that constant search for self-improvement is really the, the main driving force behind this. I know that if I share the things that I've learned and continue to, to poke and prod and, and try and gain more knowledge and, and wisdom from other people, that I'll be able to share that with you and, and hopefully you know, help you become the best you can be as well. And so you know, not only is it an opportunity for me to continue to, to, to seek more information, but also it's an outlet for me to express everything that I learn, everything that I, you know, think about on a daily basis. Um, also, it's just an opportunity to connect with other like-minded people and learn from them. I know that this show is going to open up a lot of doors for me to be able to meet some really awesome people. And, um, you know, with what I do, I feel like I'm very isolated on a daily basis. And so um, it's really just an excuse for me to have really good conversations with really good people. And of course, we want to share the mission of Footy Factory with the world. And that won't happen directly. Like I said, this is not a show about Footy Factory. We're not going to be talking about us so much, but through the message that you'll hear on this show, you will clearly see what we're all about. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, going forward, we'll have a guest on every single show. And each one of those guests all come from very, very different backgrounds. And obviously those backgrounds provided them life experiences that shaped who they eventually became as adults. And we all have those experiences and, you know, myself included. I felt that before we got into really the meat of this show... It was important that I share my story with you so you can get to know me a little bit better, who I am, where I came from, and I guess kind of why I am who I am today. Um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I was raised in a single-parent, low-income household. So early on, it was clear to me that, you know, we just didn't have the same privileges as a lot of the other kids that I grew up with. And that was tough. Um, But it was never something that I was 
I guess, bitter about. It wasn't something that I, you know, looked at as a hindrance to my life. It was just my life. And, you know, not knowing anything different, I just took it for what it was. And um, early on, I knew, though, that I wanted to be more. I wanted to make more of myself. And it started with athletics. And I was a, a big fan of all sports. You know, growing up in America, obviously you're exposed to many different types of sports. And I loved them all. I just loved competition. I loved, you know, trying to just the the sense of trying to improve yourself to be more productive, to improve your performance. And obviously this was all su- subconscious. I, I didn't, it, this is not something that I would have been able to articulate as a five-year-old, of course. But, you know, it's something looking back that I, I clearly already had inside of me. Um, growing up, you know, obviously the first sport, as most kids, this would probably apply as well. The first sport that I got involved in was soccer, um, just because it's the easiest one to get involved in. But also, with my dad being Iranian, it was in my blood. And so that was, of course, something that he was always going to push. He wanted me to, you know, get into it early and and focus on it. But um, it took a while before I actually decided to focus on it full time as you know I was still very interested in other sports you know playing t-ball baseball early on I was very good at it you know I was I was even at that age you know first second third up to like fifth grade I started keeping track of my stats from every game you know my on-base percentage, my steals in a game, the amount of hits that I would get, like the amount of times I would, uh, you know, take a ground ball and, and record outs from an infield position. Like I was just into it. I literally had a notebook and I would keep track of every single statistic. And basketball was a huge thing for me. Allen Iverson was my favorite athlete of all time. And I would literally track his stats for every game as if the NBA didn't already have that fully under control. You know, I was just on it. I would watch every single game that he played. I would calculate, you know, how many points he needed to, you know, move up to the next point, you know, to to round up to the next point. If he was like in second place in in the league in scoring, I would calculate how many points he needed in the next game or the next set of games to move up to first. It was just crazy. Like, I don't think many kids were doing that, to be honest with you. And I don't know why I did that, but, you know, right then you can see, like, I was hungry for growth. Like, I wanted to see, I wanted to see not only growth, but I wanted to see it actually um, I wanted to, I wanted to quantify it. I wanted to see exactly what it it took and how long it was going to take to get to a specific point. Um, I also was really into football. You know, obviously that's something that you don't get into at an early, early age, you know, with pads and all that, like you probably start a lot later than you would most sports. 
but I watched it. I was into it. You know, I played all the Madden video games and would do uh, the career modes in there and, and you know, try and um, top my stats from my player's stats from the game before to raise them in, in the game. And and it was just already instilled in me this, this sense of, like, um, growth, this sense of, you know, trying to Im- improve myself. And um, hockey was another one for me, too. I really loved hockey, especially, you know, in the late 90s when the Stars were really good and, you know, we won the Stanley Cup in 99, so that was huge. I was trying to get into it. I'd play a lot of roller hockey outside. There's no ice down here, obviously, so there was no opportunity to go out and skate. So I never had the opportunity to, like, put ice skating along with hockey. It was always, like, either on foot or on rollerblades. But I would go ice skating every now and then. I got pretty good at it, actually. And, you know, I was getting to the point where I could do different tricks and, like, you know, um, with with my skates and skating backwards and all that. And I remember one time when I was young, I was out skating with my cousins and my sister. And we were at this, uh, we were at this rink where, you know, it was real dark and they were flashing disco lights all over the place and I was showing off skating backwards and stuff and I hit a piece of ice a little chip piece of ice and just completely wipe out and smack my face on the ice cracked my front tooth and had to you know rush to um a uh a a dentist to to try and get it resolved that night it was too late that night to get it fixed so I ended up having to go to school for a week with a cracked front tooth and that was not my brightest moment, but it just scarred me, and I was not ready to to continue playing hockey at that point, but I had already made a commitment to attend this hockey camp for the first time, and and I just had this fear of falling on my face again, and, you know, although I had a face mask and I knew that that wouldn't happen, this um, this this fear just overwhelmed me, and I was just awful, and... <laughs> And uh, I couldn't skate at all. I was, like, scared to stop and change directions. And that was the end of it for me. So hockey turned out to not be my sport. I think I was still involved in baseball at the time. I played baseball up until seventh grade. Kids started throwing about 70, 80 miles an hour. And for some reason, I was always the kid that just got hit by pitches. I don't get it. I don't understand why, but that ball was like a magnet to my body. And I would get hit by a pitch almost every single game. That ball's hard, and I'm not trying to get hit by a pitch and get bruises all over my body anymore. So it got to a point where I was just not really feeling it anymore. And um, so at that point, you know, we got to about 7th, 8th grade, and it was basketball and it was soccer. And I was a really good basketball player, you know, just because I think basketball and, and soccer are so very similar in the way that they're played. Um, just in terms of the skill set that it takes. Obviously, one, you play with your hands, one, you play with your feet, but the movements you make, you know, the type of uh, vision you have to have as a player is very, very similar. And I think that that's why I was, you know, good at basketball at the time. But being a five foot eight adult, obviously, my body type was not one to eventually be a successful basketball player. So, 
I had to make a decision early. Um, about eighth grade, I was given the opportunity to play on my high school team. And so that was awesome. I felt like that was a, a you know, a really, really good opportunity for me to take the next step as a soccer player. And I was already starting to, you know, really make a name for myself in my school in that sport, especially because as a fourth grader, I had played up with the seventh and eighth grade team um, and, and, and scored a goal, actually, uh, against the the team in the league that was just wiping everybody away. They had beat us like 7-0 one game, and I scored a goal and, and at the very end of the game, and it was our only goal that we'd scored against them all season. So, you know, you're looking at a kid who's four years younger than everyone um, and the only one that can put the ball in the back of the net. So, you know, obviously I had that, all that that um, you know confidence about my ability in soccer already, and I knew that you know the the people that were around me. I guess you know there were some good players, but I just felt like I was at another level than them. And being able to play up on the high school team in my eighth grade season, uh, or excuse me, eighth grade year was a huge opportunity so I jumped on it and that was pretty much the break right there didn't really play organized basketball at all after that I would still play it for fun with all my friends who continued playing but it was not a focus and right at that point from eighth grade on um, soccer was it that was that was everything and I hadn't played club up to that point and you know for obviously in this day and age, if you're waiting that long to play club, well, good luck because, you know, it's probably way too late for you. But uh, for me, you know, I just had a natural ability and I hadn't played club because I just I didn't have, you know, the guidance to to take that next step to figure out what teams were available to play for and things like that. And something that I definitely wanted to do now that I had cut out the other sports to focus on soccer and so by ninth grade you know I was already looking for teams and I finally finally found one and you know I couldn't afford to play so I had to figure out how to find a scholarship for myself and right then was a a big turning point in my life I really figured out you know what kind of support that I had behind me um you know playing club soccer was something that I really wanted to do but unfortunately I didn't have the same support from my family and and the people closest to me to go ahead and pursue those goals and that was pretty disappointing for me so I had to go and get it for myself I had to you know email coaches go for tryouts find teams and you know if I was if I wasn't able to get a ride from my mom to go to the game to to go to any of these practices, then I had to work it out for myself and figure out how to get there. And um, I eventually found a team that I wasn't able to uh, to to afford to play for, and so I had to negotiate a scholarship for myself, and I did that. And so I ended up getting some help financially on that, but. Um, you know, at that time, I, I, I was obviously 
taking a, a big step forward in my development, or so I thought, and I was really excited to not just be a part of a club team, but actually develop and and improve my abilities and become the best player that I could potentially become. And so I was looking forward to the training, the instruction, the coaching that I was going to get. And um, so I played club soccer for three years, but I feel like I didn't get anything that I was hoping to get from that, which was very disappointing. Um, so, you know, that in hindsight already was a huge inspiration behind what I'm now doing, you know, trying to create everything that I never had as a player. Uh, I just felt like, you know, the, the, the individual instruction was not there. I was not given any actionable feedback to help me become better. It was simply just me having to sit back and observe and watch other players that were better than me and, you know, uh, you know, watch coaches and watch games and and just soak in every possible piece of information that I could find that would benefit me in some way. And that was the only way. I didn't have any other way to do it because no one was helping me. And I was just very discouraged by that. But, you know, I, I gained a lot of confidence playing club that took me back into my high school team where my senior year I was uh, awarded Offensive Player of the Year in my district. Um, I scored more goals that season than several of the teams in our district did combined, um, which was a crazy stat. I didn't even realize it until the end of the season, but um, uh, I was also named First Team All-State which was a huge accomplishment. No one in my school had done that for, you know, over 10, 15 years or something along those lines. And I was just really, really proud of myself. And I felt like I had achieved something great. And I, I had achieved it by myself with no one's help. And, you know, that was just, I, 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 was, I was really looking forward to just getting a pat on the back you know just someone telling me good job and someone giving me that that vote of confidence to keep pursuing my dream my goal of playing in college of playing professionally and I just never got it and I didn't get you know the acceptance the approval that I was hoping to get from my family from the people that were closest to me and that was very discouraging and um you know I moved forward with my senior year and I was you know again trying to get into college and I had to do the same thing as whenever I was trying to get into a club team and that was emailing coaches going on tryouts you know doing all these things that I needed to do to sell myself because I knew that no one was going to do it for me so I ended up um, you know getting recruited uh, to playing college at a few schools um, lower level schools, NAIA Division Three, um, but you know I was not trying to go that route. I wanted to play at the absolute highest level that I was able to, and completely ignored 
you know the <clears throat> the potential to play in a in a in a school in a program that best suited myself and gave me the best opportunity to not only play but grow and um and so you know for me it was how am i going to prove to all the people around me that i've made it uh, that i'm successful you know um after getting those awards my senior year like that was what i felt like was success you know uh and i'm i'm using air quotes when i say success right there um i felt that that's what success meant but really you know success is being the best you are with what you have and and i think that i was successful with that definition in mind but to me at the time success was very superficial and those awards meant that i was successful being able to play in a top college program meant that i was successful and so i had these lower level schools that were recruiting me and i just kind of you know brushed them off didn't really pay them much mind and i was finally able to get accepted into a top division 2 program at West Texas A&M University and I was elated about that. I was so excited to be able to be a part of, you know, a uh, a quality program and um but even at that time I was still getting the negativity from the people around me saying that, you know, I should just go to a, a normal college, focus on school, you know, focus on getting academic scholarships and this and that and no one really paid attention to what it was that I wanted to do what I wanted to become the the life that I wanted to live and so I just built up a lot of resentment towards that and that resentment led to a very 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 deep motivation to just get as fit as I possibly could to be the best player that I possibly could at the college level. I felt that I was going to step in and be productive right away as a freshman. I I believed in myself and I thought that I could do that. And so that whole summer I spent a lot of time in the weight room, you know, um running through the the the, the school's strength and conditioning program that they gave us for the summer and I got into some of the best shape of my life. or so i thought so i get to preseason for my freshman year second day of preseason we're in our three a days right and my body has just never never even experienced any kind of workload like that in my entire life i'd never had injuries up to that point in my whole life my body had always been in great condition i I'd, i'd always been able to stay on the field no matter what you know even if it was just little sprains here and there like i it wasn't ever something that kept me off the pitch and so you know i go to preseason and and we're in the middle of our three a days and second day of preseason i pull my hamstring so that puts me out for the whole first year my whole freshman year i'm done so i have to redshirt my first year i come back in the spring 
you know, I'm still dealing with this nagging hamstring injury. And for those of you who have had muscle injuries before, you know that if you've got that injury, it's not going away until you just stop. And I was just so hungry to to prove myself that I was not willing to stop. And it just never healed. And so in the spring, I came back and, you know, would have that thing like triple wrapped by the trainers every single day. And I was just completely immobile, but I was just not willing to to sit out because if I was going to sit out, then I would have no chance. You know, with 35 guys on the roster, everyone's fighting for a place. And, you know, my freshman year, I realized like, hey, I'm not quite at the level that I thought I was. You know, there are international players here that have professional experience where they came from that are 26, 27 years old, and I'm coming in here as a small 18-year-old kid going up against grown men. And that was a culture shock for me. I was not prepared for that at all, but I was ready to fight for it. And I could, I, I just couldn't bring myself to sit out. You know, I, I, it, it killed me. It pained me to just watch training every day and not be able to be a part of it. So in the spring season, I came back into the squad, was training a lot more, got more opportunities to play in games, and actually performed very well. In, in the games that I did get, and that gave me a lot of confidence going into the summer, and so I doubled down on my workout regime. I was I was ready to work even harder. I was out in the 108 degree Texas heat, dressed in all black hoodie, pants, everything, just trying to get myself acclimated to the conditions that I was going to experience whenever I came back my sophomore year for preseason running three miles a day, you know, just, just really pushing myself to my absolute limit. And, um, and, and I come back sophomore year again. Oh, let me rewind before we get too far ahead. After my freshman year, although I, you know, was encouraged a little bit in the spring by the opportunities that I did get, I was ready to leave. I wanted to leave. I wanted to go find a a school where I would get more opportunities because I felt like I had already been kind of written off by having not been involved my first year. So the coaches got wind that I was reaching out to other schools and contacting other coaches to, you know, potentially transfer And they were having none of that. And, you know, so they came and spoke to me one day and convinced me to stay, which, you know, I was like, all right, cool. You know, they actually want me to be here. Maybe I will have a chance next year. Maybe, you know, I'll stick it out and and really give it a go. And so I did. And um, so I went through that summer working my butt off, came back for sophomore year and did the same thing again. Second or third day of preseason, right in the middle of our three days, boom, pull the same hamstring. And that was just, I mean, devastating to me. I couldn't believe it. You know, I I had worked so hard and, you know, I'd done everything that I was supposed to do, supposedly, and it was still just not enough. And it was just, it was, it was, it, it killed me 
that I couldn't do the one thing that I love to do. You know, I didn't go to that school to go to school. I went to that school to play soccer. And it was just so, so, you know, discouraging to not be able to do that. So I go through sophomore year, um, get into the spring season. Same thing happens again. I get uh, uh, more opportunities to play, and I actually perform very well in the opportunities that I do get. But by that point, you know, they already have their idea of me. They already know they already know who I am and what I can offer as a player or what they thought that I could offer as a player. And they, you know, just, they obviously were going to continue recruiting and bringing more players in, which is natural, you know, and, and is to be expected, of course. But I also felt that I had earned a fair shot. And so, um junior year I come in and they pretty much have a brand new team you know I'm so far down the depth chart that it's just completely pointless me being out there and so at that point you know I was a part of the team I was in training but not really fully a part of the team so three years had gone by now and I hadn't even been able to you know make any sort of impact on the team at all and that was just that killed me it killed me because I felt that I had so much to give I felt that I had so much potential as a player and all it took was just one person to believe in me and give me a chance my coaches didn't believe in me my coaches had an idea an opinion about me that wasn't going to change and there was nothing that I could do about it And, um, so again, you know, like that is kind of something that I would say had become a theme in my life, always relying on someone else to, to give me their approval, you know, to, to, um, I guess to put me on, right? I was never in a position to where I was able to control my own outcome. It was always dictated by somebody else. And so junior year went by, um, but, you know, I was still ready to come back and fight my senior year no matter what. And I go through the whole summer and ended up tearing my meniscus. So while I hadn't had a single injury issue my whole life, my entire college career was plagued by injury. And uh, so that was devastating. I didn't, I ended up not being involved in the team at all my senior year. And that was the lowest point for me. I felt like I had, the, the, the flame had gone out on my desire, my, my, you know, just passion for the game. And, um, So I spent that year just finishing up my degree because at that point it didn't make sense for me to go and transfer to another school and try to finish out my eligibility because I was so close to graduating. So I just went and, and, excuse me, I went and finished up my degree, um, got a, uh, 
um, uh, a degree in general business, and for one of my capstone courses my senior year, I had a project to develop a fictitious business plan, and I already had this idea that had come into my brain that year about a soccer-specific training facility where you could go and play, you could go and train, you could go and recover, and that did not exist in the Dallas area. In fact, there was nowhere that I could even go and, and train just individually. There was just no options. No one was offering any kind of personal one-on-one or even group-style training for college-level soccer players. So I felt that there was a huge hole in the industry that I was wanting to fill from that experience and also my experiences as a youth player. So um, so at that point, you know, I, I, I finished up my degree. I graduated from school. I was looking to play, you know, continue playing because I didn't want to go and just get a regular job. Um, I didn't want to, you know, go work a nine-to-five and just forfeit the rest of my life to be a slave to the corporate world. That's not what I was trying to do. I wanted to make something of myself, and I always knew that I wanted to work for myself and dictate my own life and create my own outcome, which is something that I never had the opportunity to do. And so coming out of school, of course, I was getting pressure from family to get a job and do this and do that. And, um, you know, I, although I felt that pressure, I had never felt more free in my whole life. I finally had the opportunity to go and create everything or anything that I wanted. And so I had the idea for footy factory already it was already in place i already built a business plan for it and i always thought it was a long-term plan you know something that i would need to get experience working in other facilities to even have the chance to 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 accomplish but it just got to a point where hey if i'm gonna do it i might as well do it right now and so i did i went ahead and started footy factory registered the business in January 2014 and just started building it from the ground up from scratch no funding no money Um, I came out of school luckily having no student loan debt so that was positive but I had zero dollars to my name absolutely nothing I didn't have any support from anyone else so it was just on me to figure it out and of course you know, I wasn't going to get help from anybody because they didn't believe in what I was doing. You know, they felt that I was wasting my life and um, that I was never going to be successful. And so I, I again, used that as motivation, you know, to go and make the best of myself. And I did. And <clears throat> now six years later, you know, you look at what I've built and it speaks for itself. And I really don't have to um, prove myself to anyone anymore. I don't feel that that need to do that. Although I still do feel sometimes a slight, um, I guess, feeling of wanting to prove people wrong. But more so a feeling of wanting to prove myself right 
and and that has been the motivation for everything that I've done. You know, I know what I have. I know the person that I am. I know what I'm capable of achieving. And I'm going to prove to myself that I can do it. And so, you know, just coming out of school and and just not having really anything to go off of in terms of moral support, emotional support, financial support, it was just on me to figure it out. And, um, you know, that, that, that constant discouragement that I felt from the people closest to me really led to a insecurity in myself that led me into a very dark place for a long time. And it's something that I've had to learn how to cope with, which I've done through developing a very strict daily routine, a a discipline that I put myself through for my own mental and physical health. Some of the things that I really try to focus on doing every day are, number one, when I wake up in the morning, getting a good stretch to just open up my body to, 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 to loosen myself up. I do a core exercise to just get my heart rate going. Um, I try to drink a full gallon, four liters of water every single day. Um, I read to fill my brain. I write in my journal to clear my brain. Uh, I spend time meditating to level my brain. I eat well, I try to eat, you know, as well as possible to fuel myself, to give me the energy that I need to be uh, productive and to perform at a high level. And of course, I have to work out, exercise hard, break a sweat every single day to keep myself physically fit and sharp. And I'll take a cold shower every day just to rejuvenate and, and... and test my resilience. It never gets warmer. It's it's cold every single time I do it. But when every time I make that decision and turn that knob over to the left, to the cold side, I'm making a choice that is going to strengthen my mental resolve. And so, am I perfect? Do I do every single one of those things fully every single day? Of course not. Nobody is. And, um, you know, I don't ever expect to be 100% perfect. But I know that the closer I get to 100% every single day and I accomplish all of those little tasks, the, the closer I get to where I want to be. Every time I make a choice to open a book and begin to read, every time I make a choice to go to the gym, every time I make a choice to sit with myself and meditate, I'm creating a newer and better version of myself each time. So, knowing that, it's hard not to have confidence, knowing that I'm on that path to personal greatness. And I've created something for myself that not only makes me happy, that brings me fulfillment, but also creates everything that I wish I would have had as a player for all the players that I 
coach and mentor now. So that's been, for me, the most gratifying part of all of it. And still to this day, I have people that doubt me. You know, I still have people in my close circle, family members, friends that, you know, just kind of brush off what I'm doing as if it's not even a real thing. But they don't get it, and that's fine. And I'm going to continue pushing to become the best that I can be and let my work speak for itself. So, I mean, you know, looking back on kind of my story, I had a very modest upbringing, and I was able to discover my talent early on. And there was a lot of frustrations whenever I did discover my talent in terms of my development, being able to, you know, put myself in a position to maximize my own personal potential. The opportunity wasn't there for me, and and so that, that created a lot of, um, like I said, frustration in, in myself and, and I was able to beat a lot of the doubts and the, the discouragements that I received from external sources to achieve what was considered success to me at the time. And even by achieving that success, I didn't get the recognition the approval that I was seeking from those people. And so, you know, at that point, well, I guess not at that point, later on, in hindsight, I realized that I'm never going to receive what I want from somebody else. It has to come from me. And I can't rely on other people to be able to achieve my goals and so going through college and and you know living through those experiences as as a player and always having to rely on external sources to put me on was extremely discouraging and frustrating and I was ready to just put myself in a position even after college trying out for semi-pro teams and and other professional teams going on trials, like, I performed very, very well for a lot of the teams that I went to go train with, and I was never given an opportunity, despite that, and, you know, I just kind of looked in the mirror, I was like, man, what else do I have to do, and I realized, as long as my life is in someone else's hands, I will never be able to do enough. I have to take life into my own hands. And so that's what I did. I recognized holes from my own experiences. And I created something that I never had as a kid. I started from scratch, built up my business, and beat the odds again to establish the core structure of my business now. And I still have a lot of doubters. I still have a lot of haters. But, you know... I know I'm on the path to success and that's all that matters and and um you know if people want to support me then they can and if not then that's okay too but I'll still love them all the same and I hope that uh you know that they'll eventually see the person that I am and and the work that I've done 
to become who I am today. So, as I wrap this episode up, there's really just one thing that I want you to take away from it. Nobody ever really put me on, and that's okay. You know, I'm not going to live my life in regret because of that. But I did have a vision for what I wanted my life to look like, and I wasn't going to wait around for someone else to stamp their approval on me. So that constant need for approval in the past was flipped. I instead wanted to put myself in a position where I no longer needed anyone's approval. And so I created my own path, and now I'm living the life I've always dreamed of. Of course, I've still got a lot to learn and a long way to go, and I'm nowhere near where I eventually want to be, but I know I'm well on my way. And that gives me confidence, that gives me fulfillment, and I'm very happy. And that happiness has been achieved through just constant self-reflection and work on improving myself internally. And, you know, while I do have a very strict daily discipline... There are days where I don't achieve what I want to achieve. There are times where I simply don't have the motivation to do what I know that I need to do in a specific day. And that's okay too. And I have to be okay with that. I have to be able to forgive myself. And I have to be able to just continue accepting whatever life ends up throwing at me. And so, what I would say to you is, if you're out there knocking on doors, and no one is opening them up for you, don't keep knocking on the same doors. Go build your own house. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you next time. Peace.